You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. I'm at Urdu Librarian. Of course, he's at Fantasy Joes for Will, Will Greenwood, and Jake Patterson at Takes with Jake. And guys, the last show went an hour and a half. We talked about quarterbacks. We should just dive right into it, right? Looking at the forecast for ADP of wide receivers in 2022, a year from now. I think our listeners know the format. Our apologies for the delay in the last week's show. That was user on my part, but it's there. And if you didn't listen to it, here we had to say about quarterbacks. But guys, this is where it gets really interesting because we're going to talk about wide receivers and um any initial thoughts looking at this list when we started to project where these guys would be in ADP in July of 2022? Will, and did you have any thoughts when you started to look at this? Were you like, anything stick out in your mind? Yeah, uh, I don't, just don't understand why Jake hates Terry McLaurin so much. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. Jake, why do you hate Terry McLaurin so much? I hate him with a burning passion. Okay, so... Ryan has him at, I'll just do a little spoiler. Ryan's got him at his wide receiver 11. You have him very highly. I think I probably have him at like wide receiver 13. Like he's like just on the precipice of, he probably should be on my list, but isn't. And I think uh, a little bit of my worry there is we're projecting for 2022, like at this time next year, who the hell is their quarterback going to be? Like it's kind of up in the air. Um, I'm projecting them to have a good team this year with their defense and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is good, like at least right now. Um, good enough anyways. So I don't think their draft pick will be that high. So I don't see a stud rookie necessarily coming in. Like, I don't know how it'll fall. And I don't know what free agents are going to pick Washington as a dream destination when there's other more tempting landing spots. So I think there is some worry for Terry McLaurin, who is going to be like, I think 27 this time next year. It'll be, it'll be it'll be pretty close, and I agree with those. I do think that we are missing out that Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud, and now has a quarterback yeah. that's going to target his number one receiver. And this is an ADP projection, and this is my hottest take so far uh, since we're jumping into this. Is Terry McLaurin at wide receiver wide receiver three for next season? Because I think he's going to have a very very boom season, and even if he finishes at this is basically saying, like, I think that his upside, and this is my, like, biggest, I think, plant flag throughout my whole, uh, maybe sec- second biggest, uh, I-, I think that he his stats are going to carry into next year, and they're going to be like, well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can do it, anybody can, and he is going to anoint himself as an absolute fantasy stud. And the good news is they've got Taylor Heineke waiting in the wings after Fitzmagic retires, so they'll be just fine at a quarterback. They don't need to draft anybody. I mean, if Gardner Minch is there, we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jake, seriously, what, what, when you look at these wide receivers, what, what kind of stood out in your mind when you did this exercise, anything? Um, like this, one thing that makes this exercise more difficult for me is that we're specifically projecting like DLF's ADP and um, it's hard to, to project. It was well, hard for me necessarily because I want to say who I think is going to be top 12 next year where I should be thinking of who is DLF going to rank in like top 12 in their ADP next, next year. So like, I was surprised that Devonta Adams this year is ranked wide receiver five. Obviously he's going into a year 
his final year with Aaron Rodgers, where he's probably projected as the wide receiver one in a redraft league. And that has tons of value when it comes to dynasty, having the highest strength wide receiver for this year to win your championship. Um, but in the exact same breath, like he's 29, he's going to be 29 years old this year. So I would have assumed that he would have been further down the list. And it's why that's why this exercise is um, more challenging for me because you have guys like Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, um, Allen Robinson, and like, like Terry McLaurin, even who's going to be 27. Like these guys are going to be 28, 29. And in my eyes, they're devaluing assets, but clearly based on DLF ADP, um, if Devontae Adams is ranked wide receiver five, Diggs at wide receiver six, DeAndre Hopkins is still wide receiver 10, which I think is like crazy. Um, I think it just goes to prove that like the aging wide receivers, as long as they're superstars and proven, they're going to be ranked super highly when it comes to dynasty DLF ADP. And that's the, that's the part I really love about this exercise and what we're doing is we're looking into the future to try to figure out where these players values are going to be moving in next year versus our personal opinions of them. And I agree. It adds a, another level of difficulty that I'm not quite sure is even like quantifiable. Like we could look into it, I guess, and and compare like ranks versus ADP moving into next year. But yeah, I agree. And uh, I think that, with the more the dynasty community grows and it's, I don't think it's tricky at any point in time that win now wide receivers are still going to be very, very valuable. And I, when I look at this again, maybe I didn't put that into it enough, but that's a great point, Jake. Guys, I, I have to say that, well, well, a couple of things. Well, let me get to address that point. I think that people that are playing dynasty are getting smarter and smarter. And I think that those win now wide receivers, those 29, 30 year old, you know, elite wide receivers, it is harder to get a return for them. Cause I think people in leagues are wise enough that, okay, yes, those guys were great, but they're hitting the H cliff. So I think they are harder to move. And I think their value has gone down compared to when I started playing dynasty, you know, what it was a four or five years ago. The other thing about this exercise too, and we've talked about this on the Patreon show, you can support us there. Patreon.com slash Cindy Joe's. We had a very interesting episode this week, talked about all kinds of things, but like for me, looking at the wide receivers, I feel like there's kind of this tier of, of six guys. I really feel confident about they're kind of this elite tier. And then after that, there's a bunch of names, a bunch of wide receivers that can pop up into the top 12 of ADP. It's just hard to predict, but there's so many talented younger wide receivers and it's, it's going to depend on what kind of years they have. Right. Um, you know, what do the younger quarterbacks, some of these guys play with, do they emerge? Um, uh, you know, there, there, there's just so much we don't know. So uh, for me, the, the toughest thing was once I got outside of my top six, you know, who do I want to put on this list? Because, you know, the the six names that I put, I could have easily replaced them with six more names further down the list. So that that was interesting and fun. So so let's just get into it. And what, and what I love about this, guys, unlike the other lists we've done so far, we've all got a different number one. I think this is the, the a first. Um, and when we get to tight end, I know two of us will at least have the same number one, probably three of us. But th- this hurts, is going to yeah. be... This is going to be this is going to be unique. So, who wants to lead off with their number one? Um, do we want to go with the guy that's that's like closest to the way? AD- oh, we should go through ADP for right now, or at least July twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, so we got DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CD Lamb, Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Michael Thomas, and he probably slipped down a little bit when the August ADP came out, but as of July, he was still there. And then Terry McLaurin, um, number 12. So that's the list. And you know, I, I basically was the only one that went boring here. And, but I think this is a little bit bold because I, I, I think people talking about redraft, they, they're, they're saying that, you know, DK Metcalf's getting overdrafted. He's overrated. I put DK Metcalf number one still for me. Cause I just think with his age, I, I think he's going to have a monster year. We keep hearing reports out of Seattle about how they're going to open up their offense, new offensive coordinator. You've heard, you've heard the story. A lot of people are starting to hype Tyler Lockett as a guy that you should draft higher than you are. Um, I still think DK, DK Metcalf is the man, and I, I just think he's going to have his best season yet. And I just think with his age and the big plays he's going to make that people are going to see, he's he's just going to be there. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe if you know Russell Wilson spreads the ball around and Tyler Lockett has a big year, it, um, you know Gerald Everett emerges, whatever happens there in Seattle. But I don't know. I, I just love DK Metcalf. Maybe this is my love for him and, and not really what's going to happen with ADP. But I think he's going to have a monster year, DK Metcalf. Um, let's see, Jake, you got DK Metcalf at number three. Will, you got it at number four. So it's not like you guys are going to argue too much. Five. Oh, excuse me, five? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Will's at number five. Okay, well, he's top five for all of us. So what say so, you, gentlemen? Um, obviously nothing but love for DK Metcalf. Um, just an absolute freak of nature. Um, there's not too much else to say there. Um, I think a majority of people, almost everybody would have one of the one of four wide receivers ranked number one for next year type of thing in this type of exercise. Um, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, DK Metcalf, or Justin Jefferson in my mind. Um, I know Ryan mentioned in the Patreon show that he sees the top six, and I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Um, and it probably – I see it more likely to expand than any of those guys to fall out of like that elite group. That's fair, um, for sure. With, with Tyree Kill moving to be like 28 and a half at that point next year, I would have a hard time moving him like above the guys who are six years younger than him, like in that range. But really anyone in that four, I think has a case to be the wide receiver one now and next year, especially given their age. So I love the DK Metcalf. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he has room for improvement uh, in his game versus his ADP. So yeah, I have no, I have no problem. I, I moved him down, which I, I, I have second thoughts about constantly because you know I love those alpha dogs, but those will come up a little bit later. Uh, I do think that the the way you know the way this kind of went around that it just is like we're we're kind of splitting hairs here, and again we're going deep down into the wide receiver pool where we ranked the top twelve. We talked about this earlier. Where where I think like the big bunch of like the top twenty four wide receivers, you know those guys, a lot of those like later later players have a big opportunity to jump up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and talk about your number one wide receiver, which is my number two and Jake's number two. Yeah. Uh, so it's just CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is a very special talent. He played a lot of the slot out of last year. We, he was very, he was very, very, very productive, productive with uh, Dak Prescott before he got hurt. And I think that he is the, the next mantelpiece. Uh, in the Dallas offense. So now we're getting the number one alpha with, I'm assuming Dak Prescott does come back. He might not be as highly ranked. And he might have some more struggles, but I don't think Dallas's defense is going to be like greatly improved and, and everything like that. And, and Lamb is just such a special talent and what he can do. And he, he has a go get the ball mentality. Anytime you watch him on film, 
He is an incredible just wide receiver overall. And with the stability that I think they're going to have in that offense moving forward, that he seemed like the least, to me at least, kind of risky player to put at number one at this point in time. So this is kind of a boring pick for me overall. But I think that the fact that he was high enough going into this season, he's going to get better uh, into you know 2021, moving into 2022. And I think he'll be a pretty like, – I think it's he could be a potentially pretty easy, easy slam dunk because he is a, a better receiver than D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf is better athletically gifted, but I think Lamb at the core is a better wide receiver as a whole. Yeah, I mean, hard I, to argue. Hard, hard to, go ahead, Jake. I started I start, I start a lot with that in my number two, by the way. Number two almost became number one. And I I, uh, I had CeeDee Lamb as my number one at one point and ended up moving into my number two. So we're pretty much in lockstep with a lot of your arguments. Um, I actually see CeeDee Lamb separating a bit from Amari Cooper, like on his own depth chart. I think by the end of next season, it'll be clear that he is the alpha dog on that team, that he, like, that he is the clear number one. I wouldn't be surprised if like Gallup is out the door come next off season. There's not too much of a threat come tight end where, especially when it comes to like the alpha on that team. I really think that going forward, it's going to be CD lamb as like that number one alpha in Dallas. Um, and Mario Cooper is just being a very good um, number two, who's probably going to be like less consistent on a week by week basis compared to a CD lamb. Um, and this, like what Will said, just Dak Prescott's numbers last season, there was a time before his injury that CeeDee Lamb was being ranked, like he was being considered as the dynasty wide receiver one at that time in his rookie season. So I think just another year under his belt, especially if Dak, like if, if they both stay healthy for the entire year, have 17 games that next we'll be looking into 2022, like the moon is this, their ceiling. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. I mean, I mean, he 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 was r- real close to being my number one as well. So, I, I you know I I think there's any concern with CD Lamb. You know, maybe it's Dak's shoulder. You know, I, I mean, but I I think Dak's going to be fine. And um, it's it's once again with these top guys, other than the couple outliers that we might throw in, um, it's it's hard to to you know poke too many holes in in, in these players. So we can we probably can just move on. Um, to Jake's number one wide receiver, which I think, you know, will probably consider it a number one. I, I, I certainly, you know, could have as well. Um, he's my, he, 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 Jake, who is your number one wide receiver on this list? Mr. AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown's Tennessee Titans. Yeah. So he's one for, for Jake. He's four for will. He is five for me. Um, but once again, he's in kind of my elite tier and, and yeah, AJ Brown. I mean, what, what is there to say about AJ Brown? We, we know he's a stud. Um, Jake, what do you, why'd you, why'd you elevate him number number one over these other guys that you certainly considered? Um, he, he has been my wide receiver one in dynasty for quite some time. Um, the Julio acquisition worried me at first, but with more like analysis into it and more thinking, I actually think it's going to be a benefit to him. I think if Tennessee was heading into the season with just AJ Brown and um, Josh Reynolds, like with that, with them losing Corey Davis, Joe New Smith, Adam Humphrey, um, I think that would have hurt AJ Brown. I think it would have been made defenses focus a lot more on him. Where now adding a guy like Julio Jones is going to just going to make them all harder to cover, and I think that's going to help. Just the offense being helped as a whole is going to help AJ Brown. 
And what better guy to learn from day in and day out in practice than a guy like Julio Jones, especially like him looking up to him his entire life. And I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Um, I think Tennessee is going to have an awful defense, so they're going to be super pass heavy. They're losing Javion Clowney. Um, Will's a big fan of Desmond King that they're losing. They're losing oh, Jackson. I, I wanted to make sure that got in there. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, I think we're splitting hairs in between, like I said, the top four. Um, I think they're all in like the exact same tier, but I wouldn't be worried about Julio in the Tennessee offense. And man, I've in a dynasty perspective, get all the AJ Brown you can get. Yeah. Will thoughts on anything to add about AJ Brown? No, no, no. I, and I, uh, he, he was near my number one. And I, I think that you're, you're all correct in everything you say. And if this is, like a, a miss for next year. I'm, I'm okay with it because like, this is the toughest rankings that I feel like we've done so far. And I made some reaches in previous rankings just a little bit, but uh, it just is, I feel like this is kind of, this is kind of like a snooze fest, you know, like AJ Brown, I'm sorry, <laughs> just say like number one, number four, number five, uh, I, I would take yeah. AJ Brown, you know, at, at this point next year, if he's the number one wide receiver, it's not like, I'm like, Oh my goodness, he's number one. I wouldn't, I would be happy and not surprised yeah you're right let's move on okay well so uh will you know so cd lamb was two for jake and i we alluded to that earlier will your number two wide receiver on this list is uh it's justin jefferson i I almost wanted to put him at wide receiver one because what what more do you need to see from justin jefferson to to prop him up there my only concern is that minnesota offense and i think he proved a little bit that it doesn't matter coming into last year they have aging wide receivers that are, you know, like, like Adam Thielen, if he has another good season though, he is, he is aging out of the league uh, as far as like his talents. And if Justin Jefferson starts to catch more of those red zone touchdowns compared to uh, Adam Thielen into this season, I maybe should have put Jefferson number one over Lamb because I think Jefferson was better than what Lamb was last year. And it's, uh, I, you know, may, maybe that could be flip flop pretty easily. But I think that Lamb will get more hype going to next season. That's why I put him at the number two ADP here. And so, I, I mean, I don't know what else. You like? I, I feel like this is, again. Like, I, I don't have like some shocking arguments. You've heard all the stats you need to hear about Justin Jefferson on, on every single other podcast. Like, he's just amazing. And let's let's project a little bit of progression. And he maybe should he maybe should be number one. Like, he maybe has the best chance out of all these guys to be number one. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, trying to find ways to put Coles in any of these guys, it's hard. I mean, I can make some really lame arguments like, well, Irv Smith Jr. is going to come on and take away target share or something like that. But it it's hard. I mean, he he is a, a stud, and and you know, I, I yeah, maybe he his numbers go down compared to his his rookie season, but I I don't think so. I think if if anything, they're probably going to go up. So, uh, Jake, you're number you're number four. Anything you want to add? Once again, we're kind of like ho hum. Okay, these are the elite guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but you know, if you, if you give me, um, you know, uh, AJ Brown, CD lamb, DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson, you, you make, you, you give me the, the fourth one. I'm, I'm going to be happy. Right. I mean, it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, I love Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Um, one little fun fact that people might not know. I'm a huge fan of the NFL top hundred. It's just like a little series they do every year where it's a list that is pretty much ranked from NFL players. So it's, the opinion of their peers um, ranking these players. 
Justin Jefferson was the highest ranked rookie on the list this year at number 53. Um, Justin Herbert was number 56. And I don't think any other, I'm just doing a quick little scope through. I don't think there's any other rookies on the list. So it just goes to show like what his peers think about him already in the league and what he's been able to accomplish as a rookie. Um, just kind of going off of exactly what you guys already said. Um, yeah, the guy's, the guy's an absolute phenom. And I would not have predicted this like going into that, like uh, his rookie year. Like I didn't, I didn't expect it coming out of his draft class. I was the Jalen Reger um, type of guy taking over him constantly. And I regret it. Jaylen Reger. He makes me look foolish now. Yeah. You mean both brother. Oh, uh, man. And also Jefferson brought us the gritty to the national light. He didn't invent it, but he may be one of the best NFL celebration I mean, dancers. He's, he's on no the planet. feeling, but <laughs> yeah. He's, or Kirk Cousins. So, so it's going to get interesting now because we, well, at our number three, we've got a couple, couple of outliers. Um, so I don't know if you want to go first. You want me to go first? I say outliers, meaning that we're, we're the only ones that have these guys in our, you know, top, top three, top five. So uh, Jake, Jake's got an outliner in top five too. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that. But so Jake, your number three was DK Metcalf. Um, I guess I'll go next. I'm projecting Jamar Chase to be number three in um, ADP in July 2022, which, you know, the whole like can't get separation, you know, makes makes me a little bit nervous. However, I, I guess I just keep going back to the fact that Jamar Chase is an athletic monster and he put up some just crazy numbers at, at LSU, the national championship year. I, I guess maybe I should be nervous. And he's attached to Joe Burrow, I think is this ascending quarterback. Um, you know, so just to remind everyone, you know, he ran a, ran a four, three, eight, um, 40 yard dash, 41 inch vertical leap. Um, his college statistics. What did he have his LSU, you know, 84 catches for 1,780 yards. I, I mean, 21.2 yards per catch average. So I just think this guy, you know, is going to merge as a, as a stud. And I, I so it's, you know, it, it's a little bit risky to, to put him here, but I'm projecting to the future. And I just think he, he will have a monster year in, in 2021 and, and just, just vault up the board based on his age and the highlight real plays I think he's going to make. So it's a little bit bold, especially putting him up above guys that have proven like Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, in hindsight, it's probably crazy that I leaped him to number three, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll stand by it. So, I mean, I don't know. We, we have two other lesser prospects as rookies uh, above him on our lists uh, for both Jake and I, you know, and the way, the way they move up the board and the way we showed it. And coming into this season, Justin Jefferson uh, and CeeDee Lamb were still top seven picks. So it's not going to be probably a far miss. And maybe we just kind of lost a little bit of the luster with Jamar Chase and what he's doing and that he could move up quite a bit moving forward. I think that that that's, there is a big risk of kind of keeping him down, but this, uh, again, it's, it's part of the wide receiver receiver landscape and we're splitting hairs here. So like if you, if Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver movie the next season, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, it's just, uh, how, how are we going to put this? And where I kind of wanted to plant a couple flags is is how my list like ran down. Yeah, and that's probably why I elevated him so high. Honestly, 
um, uh, you know, and, and you know, it, it's not he's number nine right now. Jake, you've got him at seven uh, next year. Will you got him at eight? So it's not. I guess this isn't completely crazy, but um, Jake, what do you think about Chase? Um, obviously a rookie, like we haven't seen him play any meaningful games in the NFL and that's no reason to knock him. Um, from what we know about Chase is that as a prospect, he was a better, a higher rated prospect than Jeff- Justin Jefferson coming out. Like obviously this, um, the same team. And I think 10 out of 10 scouts would be picking Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. So I think it goes to show the talent that he has, um, that even like, like a coaching staff having both guys on the team is going to choose to put Jamar Chase in the alpha role more so than Justin Jefferson. Um, and same thing goes for opposing teams putting their top corners and et cetera against Jamar Chase more so than Justin Jefferson. Um, so majority of people who go football better than me has, has said how good, like have kind of shown how good Jamar Chase is. And I don't know better to doubt that by any means right so i have jamar chase's wide receiver seven and i think the doubts like the worry for me is just the cincinnati offense um we've talked about it on other podcasts you got joe mixon t higgins tyler boyd like these are significant pieces there um and like joe burrow's a hell of a quarterback we, we definitely worry about the line and we probably worry about just uh how efficient the offense is going to be like game in and game out so i worry that if jamar chase is going to like if we're going to be able to see his peak or like this the uber ceiling, or if it's going to take a year or two for Cincinnati to truly develop the team around and for him to really show what he can do, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I go right, right along with that is if this rookie year, if he's being drafted as wide receiver two in redraft leagues, and there is more variance into this rookie season. And again, as we're looking at this from projecting like ADP, I think last year's stats matter more. And I, I don't know if Jamar Chase is going to have that type of peak ceiling uh, like some of the other guys I have ahead of him that, that could move him down because we'll have some more rookie hype. We'll have more players going into it. We'll have these guys that are like, oh, they're, you know, they're going to boom, they're going to boom. But again, like if Chase is wide receiver one next season, again, not surprised. Yeah, and of course, last couple of days, Burrow is, is back to his old self. Not not a surprise if you believe these reports. And then Chase is also showing growth. So, um, so so we'll see. Time will tell. Okay, we, should, we also should have always we should have all seen this coming. Um, like a hundred miles, hundred million miles away with Jamar Chase and getting used to being back in game shape or practice right. shape. You know, he's not separating practice well. He hasn't played in over a year. So <laughs> it's just, right. you know, it's just different if, if he's, cause you can't mimic that those same type of reps and what they're doing and what the team is doing. And you might have a, a, even a vet cornerback still trying to make the team that knows all the tips and tricks about playing quarterback that isn't letting him get separation because he knows the way his feet are going to work because he still is a rook. And he does have rapport with his quarterback. So it's not like he's completely starting from scratch there either. Like even if he doesn't have, separation every route i think joe burrow is going to trust him and like understand where to put the ball for jamar chase like there's not going to be any uh questions there or any learning curve let's move on to will's number three and will i i love this call i i think it's it's great um so who's your number three you're looking into the crystal ball projecting 
Yeah. My number three uh, for ADP, looking at the crystal ball, and we mentioned this kind of a little bit off the bat, is Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin's in line for just an absolute heap of targets at a minimum. At a minimum, his his he might lead the league in targets this season uh, among all receivers. He has been great with horrible, horrible quarterback play before. And I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback, but he does really – he trusts his wide receivers to a fault. And I think he's going to do this with Terry McLaurin. And I think McLaurin is going to have an absolute boom season. And even though he's older than these guys, this is we're projecting ADP. He's my only guy that's vaulting up into number three. And this is my first like really bold take. Maybe my next one's even bigger, but this is my first one of, uh, I think Terry McLaurin stats are going to speak for themselves this season. And people are going to buy that into next year that he is this, because he is an alpha and he's going to continue to be this alpha type of guy uh, moving into next year, regardless of the quarterback situation. And, we can't. I don't want to discount that the Washington football team could upgrade it, or if it, Fitzpatrick comes back for one more year because they, you know, they had a good season, they made a little run, and now he's back, and this is his number one guy. I think McLaurin has the highest leap potential, and so that's why I put him here because people want fantasy points now. So I'm putting him there, and also he has the nice backing of he's younger than the other guys that are behind him. Yeah, you know. So I had him at number 11, but I, I certainly could see him making the leap. And I think he makes some good, good arguments. Because I, when I look at that Washington football team roster in particular, who is Fitzmagic going to throw the ball to? I, I feel confident he's going to throw the ball a lot to Terry McLaurin. But, you know, who, like, like he's clearly the number one option in that offense. You know, number two option, um, you know, uh, hopefully Logan Antonio Thomas, Gibson. Yeah, Logan, Logan Thomas. Yeah, is probably who it is, or or Curtis Samuel. Some people are excited about Curtis Samuel, and you know he's off the pup list. And Jake is excited about Curtis Samuel. I don't know. I mean, he had a decent year last year, but but I, I don't know. It's like I, I feel like there's a a big gap between McLaurin, Logan Thomas, um, Curtis Samuel, uh, Deami Brown. I, I I don't know. So you know, I, for so I so well, I, I don't I don't mind the call at all. Um, I just because I, I, I see I think it's I think it's possible. I feel like this is his Chris Godwin Godwin year coming in. Jake, you, you've got him that to your in your defense. He's just outside of the the top twelve ADP. Um, Wide receiver thirteen. Yeah, but that would be, that would have him be slipping down the list because he's twelve right now. So you actually see Terry McLaurin Terry McLaurin like like sliding outside of the top twelve a little bit or slipping in value a little bit compared to these other wide receivers. So why why did you? Um, why didn't you at least have him, you know, be 10, 11, 12? Why, why do you see him sliding down? So I I did mention a bit of my uh, worries at the beginning of the show. Um, and one thing that you've already said, like my, I do love Curtis Samuel. Um, and I do think he's being underrated right now. I, I expect him to eat a bit into Terry McLaurin's workload. Not, not too, too much by any means. Um, who was the... Can you guys jog my memory? Who was the wide receiver two in Washington last year? Was it was like the Sims brothers? Like I can't, or they're obviously not brothers, but like is that Cam Sims, Sims and Chris Sims. But is, is, is that who I'm? Was there anyone else that I'm missing? Could, like Logan Thomas, obviously. Um, no, so they're adding. I think Terry McLaurin was part of the recruitment process of bringing Curtis Samuel in. Curtis Samuel has some rapport with um, Ron Rivera from Carolina, so. I don't think there's going to, I think he's definitely going to be involved in the offense, especially with the money they're paying him. 
Um, I think Diane Brown has a decent ceiling. I think Logan Thomas isn't going, isn't going anywhere. Um, he's been based on practice so far. He's first team's like a hundred percent and being well rested to play with the starters. Um, Fitz has rapport with Adam Humphreys from Tampa Bay and been talking about in camp, how much, uh, like he loves him as a target. Um, so I do think that there are some worries for Terry in the exact same breath. I think Terry is the smartest wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I've heard countless things that he is, has the potential to be an offensive coordinator, like in his future post NFL. And I think when it comes to smart, especially at a wide receiver position, um, it can't be valued enough. Um, I think he, like he is just cause he's 27. I do think he's probably one of those guys that will play for a while and he's got four, three, five wheels. So I don't expect, uh, like he's, he, just cause he's 27, he seems like the kind of guy who's going to be around for a really long time. So the age doesn't worry me too, too much there. And I love yeah, yeah. Tw- 27 moving to next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like a top five wide receiver, I think is like a hundred percent in his range of outcome just based on his talent. So even with some worry, I think, and I think I mentioned it too in a previous Joe episode when we talked about um, pair pairs of wide receivers on the same team who could be both wide receiver once. And I brought up how Fitz almost did that with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Um, and I think like we're going into the season as expecting Fitz to almost have his best year. Like every year Fitz going into a season, he's battling for that job or like it's wishy-washy yada 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 where this year is like this is Fitz's team and I think there's something to that where like Will said he becomes that number his number one his favorite target and I expect nothing less I think top five wide receiver is definitely in his range of outcomes three might be a little high for me yeah and it begs a lot on health Uh, McLaurin's got to stay healthy throughout the whole year and uh, yeah again yeah all the points you mentioned I think were great uh, I did not know that thing about his intelligence and becoming an offensive coordinator later on, which adds to it. That's so much better. Thank you, Jake, for that. It makes me feel so much better about the, the every <laughs> interview I hear of him. He's like he's just so well spoken, and he understands. I feel like I feel like the game better than most. Like I learned something just from listening to him. So I love the guy. Yes, he was at worst like a you know Keenan Allen. But a way more athletically, Keenan Allen. I like that. I like that. Keenan Allen, like running a four seven, and Terry McLaurin running a four three five. But but like, Keenan they, Allen, they're both technicians. Yeah. Yeah, Keenan Allen might understand the game better than anybody at the wide receiver position at this point in time, because uh, the, the career that he's made for himself, while not being the best athlete on the field, is one of the most like underrated. Maybe we we just haven't rated that high enough yet. We will. We'll look at years past just to, at what he did with what he. How we get separation with like his measurables is crazy like the amount of separation he gets is you're right it's truly underrated even though people think of him as one of the best wide receivers in the game well you hear about those savants too like back in the day when antonio brown was doing it he was practicing uh making his stutter steps softer so you wouldn't hear the defensive back wouldn't hear the pitter pat what he was doing like he the the absolute it, it like intricacies of being a top wide receiver maybe maybe i don't McLaurin high enough huh that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> all right let's let's get it to uh jake's outlier so to speak in the, in the top five uh because i i at number five i've got aj brown will you've got dk medcalf jake you've got a guy that will and i don't have in our, our top 12 but not once again 
disturb that's not a criticism it's just that there are so many guys that could you know jump and be here and i i think this is one of them so who's your number five this absolute blasphemy that you guys do not have brandon Ayuk in your top 12 wide receivers for next year the number one wide receiver tethered to future star trey lance um kyle shanahan number one that that narrative is coming back he's got alpha size he's got an elite profile traffic one in the 25th overall I think uh, I set it for like a lot of these guys. It's like the sky is the limit for you. I think he's just like an absolute alpha in the making. Um, if you look at his rookie game logs, he's averaged 15.4 points per game. And like as a rookie, I think that cannot be understated enough. Obviously, lots of injuries happened in San Fran that pretty much made him like such a main target. But yeah, what, what, are they do- they- what are they doing with their practice field and actual field there? The amount of injuries that come out of San Francisco, and I, I know Grapple got hurt on the road and stuff like that, but come on. You can say that for a few places, like the Colts with Wentz and uh, Quentin Nelson getting the same injury on the same day. Um, there's a few places at the turf, def- like there's something spooky going on, like it's uh, built on an ancient burial ground or something. But, um, yeah. And I think like the presence of Kittle in that offense, I think would help AU similar to how Kelsey helps the KC offense. Like, I think the I put Trey Lance in my last episode as potential for QB three um, QB three overall, and if I kind of see that in his range of outcomes, I do see his number one wide receiver tethered a bit in the dynasty value, like landscape wise. So I think that Brandon Ayuk also has top five potential. Yeah, and he certainly does. And I think the reason, and, and I, I don't know what Will's going to say, but I think the reason I didn't have him quite in my top 12 is just because I, I think in San Francisco, number one, we don't, I, I mean, I think Trey Lance is going to play at some point this year, but we don't know when he's going to play exactly. We don't know how he's going to do his, his uh, you know, rookie season. Um, and, uh, you know, when Brandon Ayuk has put up those big numbers his rookie season, uh you had a George Kittle that was injured most of the year. Uh, Debo was out so much of the year. Um, I I think there are a lot of options that offense, and I think they're going to look to run the ball. So I I guess I'm just worried that, uh, although I love Ayuk and he's super talented, I don't know that he's going to put up the the numbers that could elevate him to a a top five next year, especially jumping in some of these other guys. So that's the, that's the biggest concern I have for him. It's like I said, once we get into beyond the top five, six, there's so many guys that have such a range of outcomes. So that's the only reason that I, I left him off that list, Jake, but I, I do think he's talented and you make some really good points why you should be excited about him because he probably is the wide receiver one in San Francisco attached to, you know, Trey Lance, a guy that we're all super excited about. So I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up his name. Cause it would, it would have been a shame not to talk about Brandon Ayuk on this episode. So, well, what are your reasons for not having him in your top 12? Uh, I, I just don't trust that he's going to put up enough fantasy points to make it into the top 12. That that's where it's going to sit. And it's going to be that the whole uh, San Francisco offense and where they're going to go. I don't think you're going to see a lot of stars come out of that. Uh, the, the Trey Lance, we talked about it with number three. I think that Trey Lance would be the best asset coming out of that after the season, because I, the, the thing about Trey Lance is I don't think he's going to be what uh, a 4,500 yard passer uh, ever in his career, uh, unless we go to like 35 games. So it's a, uh, 
that's why I think that when it comes to like fantasy points, he needs to really start to dominate that offense and the pieces around him. It's at first, I don't think it's necessary that he does that. Uh, secondly, uh, I, I do like, I do really, really like Brandon Ayuk, but I don't see, I just don't see him creeping to this top 12, like upside for fantasy points. But I also don't disagree with what Jake said. You know, that, that that's why I left him off. Can I have one more fun fact? Brandon Ayuk had a higher points per game than Terry McLaurin and CD Lamb last year. Yeah. I mean, the whole rest of the, his team went down and he played like, he played less games. Well, in his rookie year, and Terry McLaurin was in his second year, and you kind of expect, like, ter- like we were just talking about how good Terry McLaurin is, right? So I feel like it's, uh, it's not nothing. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Oh, oh yeah, and, and what's I'll it? give you that. I'll give you that one, Jake. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't was, think I it's was shocked looking at it right now. So I don't think Sorry, it's crazy guys. to have Ayuk as your number five. I just, uh, you know, I, I just. It depends on what kind of season he has in 2021, if he can elevate himself that high, but yeah, but I, I love Ayuk uh, for sure. Um, all right. So uh, number six, okay. Jake, your number six, my number six, Will's number seven, Tyreek Hill. I don't know that we guys spent a lot of time on Tyreek Hill. I mean, we, we, I'm sure all love the guy, but I think it, for me, it's just, kind of, it comes down to age, right? I mean, I think he's gonna have a monster season uh, assuming he doesn't get injured. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, as, as these, even these elite guys, each year they get older, we see the trend. They start to slip down the list a little bit, don't they? Like, look at Devontae Adams. 2020, he was your wide receiver two ADP. 2021. He know, had a great 2020. Five. Yeah, he did. And he's number five. So once guys, these guys get to a certain age, they're inevitably going to slide down the list. That's just how it is. So uh, anything else to add why we slipped Tyreek Hill down from two to you know, six, seven range. I mean, he's the oldest wide receiver we have in all of our groups. So that's a, a testament to him besides maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, me. so, so far. Yeah. And Adams coming up will be older, but yeah. You said, one you word guys both, of you guys both have My bad. That's completely wrong by me. So, so I apologize for that. Um, one thing I should mention about Tyreek Hill that should be, that deserves mentioning is I would be shocked, absolutely floored, if this time next year, KC hasn't invested in the wide receiver position. They went after Juju last year, and I think um, I, I would be, I expect a top draft capital pick to probably be spent on wide receiver as well. Because right now, after Tyree Kill and Kelsey, and Kelsey's getting up there in age as well, Nicole Hardman, uh, he's a bum. You got Demarcus Robinson, bum. Byron Pringle, bum. Like the list. Uh, Cornell Powell, fifth round pick, bum. Like they will definitely be adding to that uh, wide receiver room sooner than later. And if they bring in a guy who, I don't know the wide receiver class next year that well, but um, an end of the draft pick like Rashad Bateman esque or an early second like that range, those guys, uh, those guys could be studs, especially on an offense at KC, and that would hurt Tyreek Hill um, a little bit, just not being as much of a focal point. Yeah, I wonder if they go for a guy like like you know like D, like DJ Chark, uh, who I believe is going to be a free agent. Um, I was looking down the list, like uh, if they if they go back after Allen Robinson, but I think their cap situation might hinder them a bit. So I, it'll be interesting interesting to see really how that plays out. Yeah, there, there are some good wide receivers, um, you know, obviously coming into the league as there uh, seem to be every year. So. Good, good point, Jake. Um, Will, anything you want to mention about Tyreek Hill? Or should we just move on? Because we all know he's a stud. No, he's good. 
Yeah. So we'll talk about year number six. Well, you've got um, another kind of, you know, well, name that you're alone on this list. Although I, I, I like the call. It certainly could be here. Who's your number six? My number six is uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool is an absolute alpha dog. He put up nine receiving touchdowns last season. And I get that he had boom games that really like did this, but he also had uh, some scheme plays where he was on the ground. And with that team and what they're doing, he is the absolute alpha on that receiving core uh, when it comes to side speed and he's working on his receiving game. And I think Chase Claypool, regardless of that quarterback, let's, I, I hope Roethlisberger comes back next year based on this ranking. And I think that will, uh, that will prop him up even more. Uh, I am a very, very anti Notre Dame person. So to have him this high is, is shocking for me just because out of spite. But I think, I think Claypool is one of the, the, like he he, uh, he has the highest ceiling out of that receiving core. It's not close to me between him, Juju, uh, and Deontay Johnson. So if he becomes the absolute alpha and he can, they will they will put him in places where he will get open. He'll get up on the outside. He'll get up on the slot. It doesn't it doesn't matter. He's so good. He's young. He's uber athletic. Uh, he's big. So unless he messes it up personally. Uh, and doesn't get like he shouldn't get any more bar fights in the offseason. Uh, this is my my second biggest, uh, maybe my biggest flight plan. I think Claypool is going to jump up the dynasty rankings heavily or dynasty ADP heavily moving into next season. Yeah, he, he's his ADP is 21, at least as of July DLF ADP. So I, I think he's going to be a riser. Um, d- just quickly. I think everything you say is correct. I think the big question mark is, you know, how to, how does, you know, does, does big Ben get the ball down the field to him? What does he have left? I think it's just the QB situation in general. Um, there is a world though, where like one of our dynasty leagues, people are talking about big Ben being completely done after this year. I think that's true if he doesn't play well, but if, but if he can have a good year, which is possible, not probable, um, you know, Big Ben may be back in Pittsburgh and, and Chase Claypool could certainly vault up. I mean, he's has the talent to do it. Does he have the quarterback play to do it? So Jake, you're the Pittsburgh guy here. You're the Steelers fan. So what, what do you think of Will's call? Cause you and I have him outside of our top 12 Chase Claypool. Uh, sorry guys. Let me just get all this vomit out of my mouth from Ryan saying that Big Ben might be back for another year. <laughs> Uh, it's possible you okay. you would want um, that though jake because that means he played well and and led the steelers to a deep playoff run if if he comes back it probably won't happen he's probably gone but hell no do i not want that that would mean they are re-signing a 40 year old quarterback who is ob- who has obvious limitations like this uh it was, i think the problem is, the problem the steelers back. have though jake is that they're gonna their team's gonna be good even their offense sucks they i think their defense is gonna be good they just got uh joe uh Schubert um, for, you know, so their defense is going to be good at the very least. They're going to be like seven and 10 worst case scenario. So they're not going to have this super high draft pick. They're not going to be able to get like the Spencer Rattler. They're not going to have the draft capital to move up. Like so many other teams do the Eagles have the draft capital to move up the giants. I didn't mean to turn this into a, what does Pittsburgh do at the quarterback position, but they're not going to have a lot of options necessarily. I don't, I don't think compared to some other teams. And they, and they signed uh, Melvin Ingram. Just want to put that out there. They're like, they are absolutely going to be a good team, and it's going to yeah. come down to like Big Ben, like, like you, like you exactly said. But I think that their plan right now is strictly twenty twenty one based. I don't think that they are seeing um, any kind of like I honestly think that 
it's really only happened this year because Big Ben chose to play and they already signed him for the contract and there wasn't really, they had no outs type of thing, right? Like they're either paying him this much or like to play or we're going to ask you to like, kind of push you out the door and probably still be forced to pay you type of thing. So um, I think I would be shocked, shocked if uh, Big Ben plays an extra year. And I think any quarterback entering is probably going to be an improvement. Um, I do think that Big Ben might have like another, I think last year is pretty much the best you can hope for out of um, Big Ben this year. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like that 11, 11 and 0, everyone's, everyone's kind of in agreement that it was, it's a fake 11 and 0, that it was a bit of a fluke. And if I think if the Steelers have any kind of season that is close to replicate last year, like that's going to be deemed a success. I don't think it'll be deemed um, a duplicatable success or, Hey, we can come back in 2022 and improve. Like Big Ben has another level off of what we just saw. I don't, I don't see that being the case. Um, but to get back to Chase Claypool, I love Chase Claypool. Um, he he has the whole eternity for me. Um, he came from Notre Dame, who I I'm not a big college guy, but uh, if I had to pick a team, unfortunately for Will, it would be Notre Dame. That's simply because my dad my dad's a Notre Dame fan. Um, he's Canadian. And then he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. So he literally has like that holy trinity for me um, of why I like the guy. Um, he used to be my Twitter, Twitter EVI. Like, uh, so I think he's really just scratching the surface of his potential. Um, like he was, he was a late bloomer to football. Um, but being Canadian, that's kind of expected. Just like our football programs up here are, are absolutely pale in comparison to what, what there is in the States. Um, I completely in agreement that with Will that number six, like six overall top uh, wide receiver one is is in his ceiling, but I just have so much worry about the Steelers offense and um, how many mouths there are to feed. Like I've said it in previous shows and we talked about like the running back rankings with Najee Harris entering, just how big of a slice of the pie he's going to be taking. Um, but I, like I love Chase Claypool, the the seat. I keep I keep saying ceiling and in fancy football we're spo- you're supposed to be striving for upside right like upside wins championships and uh, Claypool has that upside in spades. Also, uh, pitchers in the MLB come back stronger after, after Tommy John's, but it takes about a year. And Ben Roethlisberger had that surgery late, came back, had a weak limp arm that they were not throwing downfield, and I think coming into the season. I think we're just going to see – it's not going to be like an absolute cannon or anything like that. We're just going to see a, a better, more lively arm out of Ben Roethlisberger. And I am not – I I might be one of the, the least fans of Ben, ben Roethlisberger. But, uh, you know, when Claypool has a lot more deep shots because, who like, you're going to rather throw it to him than the other wide receivers in that core, I, his opportunity to shine and to be just absolutely great – it's so high. I hesitated on doing it, but uh, I, for you know, a multitude of personal reasons, as we talked about, but uh, I, I'm in love with Chase Claypool. And again, this is a big thing too. I, I go into rank this. I think like, okay, who do I want to draft in my redraft leagues who I think are going to be the highest going into next season? Because that's what this is going to mean, right? These guys have to put up massive fantasy points in 2021. And that's what we're projecting ADP for because fantasy points are going to matter so much. And so yes, I'm gonna I'm going to project that Claypool is gonna put up a mass amount of fantasy points and be up at this point. And 
it's a, uh, you know, it, it's bold, but I like it and I'm for it. He, 6'4", 240, and runs a 4-0. Like, he is an absolute freak of, nature, freak of nature. He's on that DK Metcalf, Kyle Pitts type yeah. of plane where, like you said, it's an absolute alpha. Like, it's hard. And when there are so many targets on the Steelers, like, he's going to be hard to stop. And if Big Ben can be any anywhere close to prime Big Ben, like, sign me up. Yeah. I hope you guys are right. And he can jump out of the building. He could, he's their best red zone threat at this point in time. I mean, you're gonna throw. Like he's Canadian. Like, what? What else more do you want? <laughs> he's gonna. He's Stop got this. Bummer, hey, I know. I've seen him. I've seen him. He's uh, been playing this like little hockey stick game to test his uh, reaction. Yeah, speed. that game's called hockey. <laughs> no, what's no? What's the little the? Yeah, I thought was super digger. Super dig. He's been playing some super dig, and uh, <laughs> he's been crushing it. So it wouldn't, like, hey, wouldn't surprise me. I, I, that game sounds awesome, by the way. All right, guys, let, let's let's move on because we're now moving out of our you know top six. And for me, guys, this is where uh, you know, Jake, you you said you kind of had a big four, you know, which which you know, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. I said I had this kind of like big six that I felt really good about this elite tier: Metcalf, Lamb, Jefferson, Brown. Plus, I added Chase and Tyree Kill. Um, well, I'm not sure where the line is for you. Do you, do you have a, a line, but, um, but like, yeah, where it's, you... it's, it's the big 20, the big 20. wide receiver. <laughs> I might as well bash my head against the wall for like an hour and a half and try to figure this but, out. But, but this is where for me, like after the top six, I just feel there can be so much variance. So like, you know, any of these guys I name, I, I, you know, wouldn't be surprised. And the guy I put in number seven, cause I, I think I did this a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm, I'm second guessing this, but he's a guy I love. And so I'll talk about him. It's, it's DJ Moore, not, not, not that with the other more that's going to hype, but DJ Moore, we'll get to the other more in a second. Um, and I think for DJ Moore, I, I don't think you can die the talent. I think he's a super talented wide receiver. It, it's it, and you know, he's still, you know, kind of on the younger side of things, not the, not one of the youngest, but, but obviously, the the knocks against him are going to be you know Sam Darnold you know and Carolina but I I'm excited about what that Carolina offense can be so I I just, I just put him on the list because I feel he has as good a chance as any of, of of climbing the ranks I mean he would have to have a monster season in in 2021 I acknowledge that and you know do you really believe in Sam Darnold still so there are some limitations but you know DJ Moore is still my guy I still love DJ Moore um, so. That is my number seven. Jake, you had Chase at seven. Will, you had Terry Kill at seven. So he's new and he's not on your top 12 list, guys. So um, what do you guys think of DJ Moore? Am I, am I, am I crazy for, for yeah. saying he could, he could leap up? Because right now he is um, wide receiver 13 in ADP. I, I just don't see him putting up the fantasy stats for ADP moving in next year to put him at that point. That's, that's kind of where I am. Like he'll, he could fin- he, he'll finish at wide receiver 14 to i don't know 20 in the, in this this current season maybe maybe 14 to like 18 would be my guess if i were like had to bet money on it so to me that doesn't that doesn't like move him up into this range uh i'm, I'm for adp for next year i was trying to peak, pick peak guys and so gg Moore doesn't fit into that i just don't see him putting up a season that really is going to mirror some of these guys touchdown and yardage upside yeah, and he's got to find the end zone, right? Because that's the one of the biggest things against him, Jake, is that he doesn't score touchdowns. You know, he scored two his rookie season, then four in 2019, and then four in, in 2020. So he'd have to make a leap. I mean, 
um, in that department. Um, so, but, but Jake, he, the, minus your, your guy that you like that went to Washington, Curtis Samuel, but what do you think of DJ Moore, Jake? Um, the biggest thing against DJ Moore for me um, would be Sam Darnold, his quarterback play. Um, and it goes to what Will alluded to, where it's going to be hard for him to put up huge numbers this year. But to give a, a bit of narrative street a little bit, I could easily see, I, th- I see David Tepper, their owner, as the guy who is probably not satisfied with their current quarterback room. Um, maybe if Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold like, does the Adam Gase corollary, where all of a sudden he's showing why he was the second overall pick in his draft class. And it's night and day from what you saw with the Jets. But I think that pro- might be more of a long shot at this point. Um, where what if a Deshaun Watson is entering the scene next year and all of a sudden like Robbie Anderson is gone and DJ Moore is looking to be like Deshaun Watson's number one. Like I'm, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see his DLF ADP to be somewhere in this range. Uh, Terrace Marshall is um, going to take that over. That's exactly where I was going, where uh, there's still risk that he might not even be the number one wide receiver on his team. You saw like DJ Moore, in his first few years was an absolute phenom. Like looking at your projections a year ago, you both projected him to be a top three wide receiver this year. And I don't want to talk like about he's it. He's not in the, he's, he's wide receiver 13 right now, which like, I don't even think is that bad. Like DJ Moore is still a freak, like 200. He's got the alpha profile that we look for. Right. And he's still 24 years old. Um, and he's got another year on his contract. So I think it's just a matter of getting, the team around him to be better, like a better situation. And as we learn, in fo- like playing fancy football, situation changes all the time. So um, I, you're, you're betting on the talent with DJ Moore, and I think that's a safe bet. Um, wide receiver seven might be rich for my case, though. Yeah, fair enough. And, and things would have to go right. I, and I, I think I do see a better quarterback situation. You're, you're right, because Tepper's going to go out. They're going to get a Deshaun Watson, or they're going to figure it out. I, I think Carolina will figure it out. I think Carolina's going to um you know make a leap i also like the fact his age you know dj moore is talented and he, he's just 24 so um so what we'll, so we'll see what happens with dj yeah, Moore. And my, I, and, yeah my only thing with dj moore is he's just such a better nfl player than he is a fantasy player yeah yeah right now well hopefully that'll change but we shall see um so number eight um Let's see. Um, we have Jake. You've got Stefan Diggs. I've got him at nine. Well, you don't have him in your top twelve. Um, so, Jake, for for Diggs right now, he is wide receiver six. Do, do you and I have him slipping down to, based on age? You think? I mean, that for me, it's just an age thing. I, I think he's going to have a good year. Not a, not as good a year as he had in twenty twenty, but I think he'll have a really good year in twenty twenty one. He'll be a top twelve wide receiver. Um, but I just think age will knock him down the list for, for most people. Uh, yeah, age knocking him down. We projected J- Josh Allen to probably go down a little bit from his current quarterback to our quarterback show. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them add a wide receiver to have a bit, little bit more consequence than uh, Gabe, Gabe Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, and Colt Beasley. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a young wide receiver came in or they actually spent more money to – uh, just get another more formidable talent beside Stefan Diggs. And then with his age, I'm sure that would be reason to knock him down a few slots. 
like my own personal rankings, I would have a hard time putting Stefan Diggs in the top 12 at all at this point. But just to emphasize, like we're projecting DLF a little bit. So kind of forced me to a constant reminder, like I got to find a way to put those Diggs, Adams type talents still in there as much as I can. Yeah. Especially because, but... Yeah. Uh, DLF is proving that they don't care too much about age when you have Devontae Adams at 29 as wide receiver five. Yeah, and with uh, Jerry Hopkins at wide receiver 10, I'm leaving Diggs yeah, out of my top 12. Uh, maybe a mistake, but I, I, I want this. I want this list to be uh, have some reaches, but, but just, you know, let, let, let's get it within the realm. So, Ryan, you had him at wide receiver nine. Uh, I didn't have Diggs in there. And because – I think Diggs is still going to have a good season, just not a great season again. I think we just saw peak Diggs. There's, in my opinion, there's no way he's going to replicate it, and he's going to be older. And maybe he's the, like one of the first years where one of his soft tissue injuries didn't wrap up. Maybe that was a team thing, and maybe that's where he's playing now. And I hope I'm wrong because I actually really like Stefan Diggs. Like he's provided provided a lot of great moments. He was one of the best fifth round draft picks at wide receiver of all time at this point. So I really, I really hope that you guys are both right on him and I'll end up being wrong. I, you know, I, I think the thing is, I think you're, you're right. Well, I, I just can't, he, that has to be, I mean, it doesn't have to be, I guess he could have another, another bigger year, but I mean, 166 targets over 1500 yards, um, you know, eight touchdowns, which isn't unusual for him based on what he's doing in his career. He's done that a couple other times, but I just don't see him getting quite as many, um, you know, receptions and yards, and um, it'll be another year older. So, yeah, um, it, it shows how fickle too, because going into twenty twenty, he was outside of the top twenty one wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I remember the narrative was, oh, he's changing teams, going to this inferior quarterback with Josh Allen, because a lot of people didn't think he was going to take the step. So, but it was a perfect storm. Everything went right for Stephon Diggs in in twenty twenty. We'll see if it happens in twenty twenty one. Um, can, I, want, I don't want to. I just want to say a few more things. I had a, some questions oh, for Will. Um, in regards to Stefan Diggs, um, I'm sitting here kind of thinking a little bit and looking at my dynasty rankings, and um, I think Stefan Diggs probably has some character issues too. Like he doesn't have any. I don't think he's got anything like criminal charges, or maybe not even suspension suspension history and stuff. And I might be reading into stuff that's like not there because what the hell do we really know on the outside? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen like a bunch of the Minnesota Vikings YouTube videos that they had back in the day when Diggs was there. Um, oh, is it? Uh, the I think I know where this like, is going. Yeah. Like, so which player on the team would you least likely, would you rather least likely date your sister or something along those lines? And like every single person in the locker room was saying Diggs. Um, and clearly that has nothing to do with wide receivers and uh, like playing the position of wide receiver and more so, but I, I just, I tend to think that Diggs isn't like compared to a Terry McLaurin who just to me seems uber dedicated to the craft. Um, like everything in like perspective wise seems to be that like it is, it is everything to him where Diggs kind of just seems like he's being carried more by his uh, talent less so than his like, again, I feel like I'm just talking right out of my ass a little bit, but um, I do think he's just like a real risky of a dynasty asset a little bit, like just his personality like, and I don't, I don't think this is actionable advice really, but I just think it's like something to put out there. I, in my opinion with this, with what you're looking for, for dynasty advice here, I do feel like 
you saw Diggs' best season this this past year. And I also feel like we saw Josh Allen's best season. And this is the time to pass like pass off that that value to where you can go a different direction. Like I bought into Lamar Jackson's best season and I wouldn't I wouldn't wholeheartedly and I traded a lot for a lot of those things and he did not have his best season. So now I'm kind of stuck because I can't really give him up. You know, I, I have to kind of move I can't like move around other pieces. But uh with Diggs, age and I again it's hard because players we think we and we talk about that, Jake, because I, I thought about that too. Like he was voted the per, like person you'd least likely want to date your sister on the team, but he was, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was, but he was 24, 25, 26, okay. 27. I mean, I think the way, the way I progressed between 27 and 28, and I'm not an NFL player and I'm not that type, you know, it's, we're completely different people, but it, it's a, it, I had a, a pretty massive change in my life at that point in time of how I treated people, reacted to people, uh, you know, I moved across country, had all these things. So maybe Diggs is a better person in Buffalo. So again, where you guys have Diggs, maybe, maybe I'm too low because he is the thing about Diggs is his, his fantasy production is not based on size. It's not based on speed. It's not based on him being the biggest guy, you know, like, like high pointing the ball. It's his, his talent. And that talent that he has can progress through the years very, very, very well. So, Again, I would sell Diggs because I think based on what we know, I feel like this may be his peak at this point in time at being drafted at wide receiver six. Like you can move back and I would like to get like, like how much more on top can I get for Diggs for Claypool? You know, can I, can I get a good little chunk? Can I get something? And then can I use that piece to move up into one of the top runners? So anyway, uh, long story short, I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs ends up here next year because I think, you know, his maturation has been fascinating to watch. Let's move on to the uh, my projected wide receiver eight based on ADP. Uh, Will's wide receiver nine, and not on Jake's list because Jake hates this guy. It seems hates him um, since we've been talking about him. It's Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. So here's my pitch for Chris Godwin um, rising up the list. I guess right now he's at fifteen, so I'm saying he's going to go up to number eight. Um, for, you know, first of all, 25 years old, he's extremely talented and he had a, a down year in 2020. I think people forget. Um, and what's interesting about his 2020 stats, when we look at this guys is that he still had a pretty darn good year for 12 games. Still caught 65 balls, 840 yards and seven, seven touchdowns in, in 12 games. I think that he truly is the wide receiver one in Tampa Bay. I think the Tom Brady, another year in the system. I mean, I know he's getting older and he's going to fall off a cliff one of these days, but until it happens, until I see it, I think Tom Brady is a solid fantasy QB one year to year, not in dynasty. And I think Godwin is the guy in, in Tampa and I think we're going to see it. I mean, he was held back by injuries. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the, his average targets versus Mike Evans, um, you know, he, he was going to be the, the number one targeted guy in that offense. Um, I know Antonio Brown is getting a lot of buzz. People are excited about Antonio Brown sleeper. He seems like he's rising and it's just his draft cost that really promotes that. Yeah. So, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I, I, I just think that you, you, you bet on the talent and I think Godwin is the most talented wide receiver right now in his career in Tampa. I think he's gonna have a monster year. I think he's going to rise. So I'm, I'm a big Chris Godwin fan. And he's going to be a free agent, which I know makes it a little bit risky, but let's say, you know, he ends up in a good situation. It's, it's possible. 
It, it goes it to Kansas or, City. Or it could go back. You know, he goes to Kansas City. So who knows? So, Will, you like Godwin a lot. What do you want to add before we turn over to Jake and he can, you know, hate on Chris Godwin as he usually does? I had, I had a mixed uh, bag here of youth chasing and upside and fantasy points because I don't think that Chris Godwin is going to – like if he finishes at, let's say, uh, wide receiver 14 overall in this season, I love where Chris Godwin can go and what he can do. If they're not going to sign him long-term because I don't think they can afford him. And I think the, it's, it's kind of a wild, wild west of where uh, really, really great wide receivers can go. And he's going to go to a team that is going to better his situation as far as the mouths to feed, you know, cliche argument. And I think Chris Godwin is an absolute elite talent. He's proven that he's shown that he was wide receiver two overall, and not a lot of players have done that. Uh, in, in fact, probably only 16 players, 16 wide receivers have been wide receiver two overall in the last 16 years. So, uh, quick, you know, quick, quick stat, stat check. Doing analytics but, uh, right there. Yeah, Green Analytics. So I, I, I just think that we got he got a little bit lost last year because he did. He, I think he had a little bit of preseason like bang up, and then he had a thumb thing, and uh, the we just have forgotten what he can do. And he will have a good season this year, potentially not great, but when he lands a new spot or how that whole wide receiver room shuffles out, he is going to be right up here because he'll be twenty six and a half basically going into next season, and that is at the still the perfect age. And he is an elite talent. He has become one of the best wide receivers when it comes to talent overall in the NFL. Jake, where, where do you have him on, on your, on your list? Like, would you, would you have him around like 15 where he is now? I mean, if you, if you um, went out on this or I was kind of teasing, you. I know you don't hate Chris Godwin, but. Um, I would have him probably around 20. Wow, so you see him slipping down five spots. Yeah, um, and I think that's a lot because of, like, I see other guys rising more so. Um, And I'm just kind of looking at my dynasty rankings now. My dynasty rankings, I'm always kind of looking ahead, um, especially at least one year in the future. So I feel like it is a decent um, gauge to where I would have him a year from now. Um, You guys kind of all hit the drum exactly what I like where I am um lots of mouths to feed this year that he might have a good not great season but we're more looking for projection 2022 and if he's leaving to be and if he ends up being the top dog pretty much anywhere like if he's being signed um almost like where Allen Robinson went to obviously Chicago's might be a bad example based on their um Mitch Trubisky being there and stuff but when he went there he was pretty much the clear alpha um and I would be, I kind of see that trajectory a bit for Chris Godwin um, going somewhere in the offseason. And he's going to, to, a, to greener pastures, to a better situation. Because I don't think 2020 is going to be uh, that great for him, um, at least ceiling wise. I think he's going to have like a dandy year, um, just, just fine. <laughs> will, it, will it be a uh, wide receiver one numbers? Like, like not, uh, not not every week, anyways, that you can you can count on it type of thing. Like, I think Mike Evans is guaranteed to hit a thousand yards. I think if he's close, especially <laughs> especially with the seventeen game season, Tom Brady's going to make it happen. Um, similar thing happened last year where he was forcing the ball to uh, hit hit bonuses incentives for players last year. Um, I think it was Gronk Brown, and it could have been 
um, Evans or Godwin. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, and Jalen Darden are all going to get um, their targets. Like, obviously, not too much, but they will see the field more than the four, five, six, seven targets on other teams would. Like, I see Tampa Bay spreading out the ball more. Um, Gronk's not coming out of retirement, not to like, not to be some kind of focal point on the offense. Maybe not a like, maybe not a focal point, but he will be a point on the offense. And Tom Brady has invested so much into Antonio Brown for him not to be relevant in 2020, 20, 2021. So I'm just super worried about Godwin this year, kind of on a redraft perspective. I don't expect him to hit um, the ceiling. Like Ryan opened this conversation with, he sees separation of Godwin becoming like the top dog there. And that's just kind of, I just don't see that, but I easily see Godwin becoming the top dog somewhere else in the off season. Like I fully expect that. So um, I would think Godwin's ADP on a DLF perspective would be on the rise if his situation changes to be better for him. All right. I, I think this week could, could be fun. Uh, I will do a Chris Godwin outscores Brandon Ayuk. Grab bag of shame. Why do we have to do grab bag of shames? I don't, I'm not a big drinker. We just like, what about water beds? All right. All right. We can do water bed. Okay. Well, grab bag of shame isn't necessarily drinking, Jake. Don't worry. They're, they're just, you can put hot sauce in there. That's even worse. Cold sauce. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to have to. He, he, I think got, I would have Ayuk before Godwin on a redraft team, but that would, that would be pretty close. I well, just avoid Godwin and redraft because I know that I can get Antonio Brown like four rounds after. I, I think I, I, one thing I will say about Antonio Brown and redraft is I think people are are misremembering what a head case that guy is, and you know, let's see him make it through the year. I mean, are we sure that he's fixed now that he's with Tom Brady and Tom Brady has fixed him? Um, he's also at that age where he's not necessarily going to have the same, like he, you know, he's at that age cliff already. So he's at the age cliff. He's a head case. He's not like if he, and he's a wide receiver three in Tampa, I, like he's getting a lot of love. And I just feel like his ADP and redraft leagues is going to climb too high where maybe today, if you draft him, he's a good sleeper to take late, but I don't know if you're taking him at like, I think he's going to end up being like sixth, seventh, eighth round. I just think that's too rich for me. I, there's other guys I rather have. I just want to put that out there about Antonio Brown because I just feel like he's getting a little too much love. It's getting a little out of control. But we'll we'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he's gonna I, be awesome. I'm I'm 26 years old, and I'm pretty confident that Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver I have ever seen play. And I could like absolutely in full agreement. Like he is a head case and has had his issues, but. I don't think that talent like disappeared. And if, like you said, he's the wide receiver three on that team. If he's a, has anywhere close to the talent that Antonio Brown has shown, no wider, no cornerback three is stopping that guy. No, like if he's in the slot, no linebacker or anyone is stopping Antonio fucking, oh, sorry, Antonio Brown. Like, oh, there's the E on the episode. People. Explicit. No, uh, hey, listen, you're right. I'm, I'm, I mean, if he is like himself, if he's got his head in the game and, he doesn't slip. He's 33 years old, everybody. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I mean, listen, if you get him late in your redraft league, that's great. But don't, you know, don't like take him in the, you know, sixth round or something. Don't be crazy. You know, uh, it's, it's still, he's still a 33 year receiver. So that's all I'm saying. If you get him. Don't, don't, yeah, late, don't take him above Godwin or Evans by any means. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but yeah, I, 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 I think, I think that in turn, Brown's a great piece, but I think that uh, Godwin 
is the alpha between the 20s, let's say. Uh, and Evans yeah, will be exactly. the alpha at the red zone. And then Antonio Brown will mix in. It'll be a great piece. I think that uh, Mike Evans may not hit his thousand yards, but he might put up like, you know, like 20 touch, you know, something crazy. Oh, I'll, I will be shocked if he doesn't hit a thousand yards in the 17 game season. Yeah, I, I, mean, I will be too. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I, Godwin, Godwin's ascension to power, and even the fact that the franchise tagged him to keep him around with the team for this season, he's going to be there. He's got, I, I, his talent is, is undeniable, in my opinion. So that, that's where, uh, that's, and again, I, I, this is also banking in that he's going to move to a decent situation next year. So let's say he's, get signed by Jacksonville, who's going to have cap room, and they're probably going to need a wide receiver one for sure, especially based on, you know. Love that. Jake's But, like, if he if he goes there with Trevor Lawrence, like, that would be great, right? If DJ Chark's gone and Godwin comes in, it's going to be huge. He stays in Florida. He knows the areas. I don't know Florida that well. I assume it's all Florida. <laughs> I, I, guys, this, this show is starting a little bit long, so let's let's pick up the pace here. Um, a guy that's number nine on your list, Jake, number 10 on mine, Devonte Adams. I don't think we have to talk much about Devonte Adams. This is an age thing, right? Will's not, he's on your list, but I don't think it's because we don't think he's talented. It's just it's that aging contract. It's age. Last, so we last can, year with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well that, I mean that, well, maybe, I mean, unless they both go to the same team together. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, probably last year with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know where he's going to go. So let's just, you know, move on. We love, we, we love Devonte Adams, but you know, uh, obviously he's going to slip in value no matter what kind of monster he may or may not have. Um, so I think a much more interesting name to talk about. Uh, it, it, well, these next two names, you guys, I, I have Devonte Adams number 10, as, as we talked about. Um, but but the, these guys that you have, we haven't talked about yet. They're, they're great names. Um, uh, well, let's start with you. You've got um, a certain Denver wide receiver as your um, projected ADP wide receiver 10. Who is that? Yeah, it's uh, so Jerry Judy, case of the drops his last year, still elite talent. Uh, <clears throat> let's expect that quarterback room gets a little bit better. And everything that's been coming out so far through camp, and maybe I'm buying a little bit too much of that hype, but I've also loved Jerry Judy's talent his entire career. And so I think he's going to produce, like, prove that he is not, he's not the alpha. He doesn't have the, the range to go higher than this. And maybe this is even too high. Maybe he's better suited as like a you know, wide receiver 14 through, through 18. Uh, overall, but I think Jerry Judy is going to have a great fantasy season with Corden Sutton coming back and he will, he will still be a great presence. I think this is one of the best wide receiver two buys you can get in what you're doing, especially in redraft leagues. Yeah. Wide receiver 23 in ADP right now, Jake, it's hard for me to default. Uh, we'll have him here at, at 10 because the talent is undeniable. I'm not worried about the the drops he had last year because we, we know the guy could get crazy separation. You know, there is a lot of training camp hype, but I think it's probably warranted. Um, you know, for me, I think what ended him out of the consideration for top 12 was just the uncertainty with the quarterback play there. Um, I, I still worry about that. Um, but, but I, I love Jerry Judy would not be surprised at all. If he is a, um, you know, number 10 on this list next year. Yeah, I don't think Kendall Hint- Hinton is starting a game for this season. <laughs> let's hope not. Which, oh let's not forget what the NFL did to the Broncos because they were going to have one of their offensive assistant coaches play quarterback for them because he knew the scheme best. And the NFL took that away from us. They took that entertainment away from us, and I couldn't be more angry about it. I mean, the guy you said was pretty entertaining as well, but I could not agree more with you. 
I can't. I don't. Kendall Hinton or what, Hinton? What, what was his name again? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be super entertaining, but the, that game versus Saints and Taysom Hill it might have been more sad than sucked. It sucked so bad. The whole game sucked. The at least we would have oh. gotten to see some dude coming out there wearing like an old Jay Cutler jersey that's too baggy for his pads. You know, like like, like you could see Cutler still like ripped off. You know, and it wouldn't even have like a name on the back. Anyway, we could have had a lot of fun. I, I would have signed the guy and started him. Like, sounds sounds epic. Um, my feelings on Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him gain some separation on his own depth chart and pass Corlin Sutton as like the number one on the team. I think KJ Hamler is probably going to show more than he did last year. Um, you guys hinted at it that quarterback play is a bit of a worry, but I think we would all be shocked if they had the same quarterbacks going into 2022, unless Drew Locke shows that like miraculously that he could be the guy. Um, I don't, even if um, Teddy Bridgewater wins that starting job, I think they're placing him in 2022. And I really think that they're hard to set on Aaron Rodgers joining in a similar fashion to Peyton Manning. Cordon Sutton, you're looking at an unrestricted free agent last year, so he really is going to have to prove that, like, I think he's going to have to earn that alpha gig if he wants to be re-signed there, and if he if he doesn't and Jerry Judy shows that he can, like, he he's the number one there, that I think Cortland Sutton's out the door. I think a quarterback upgrade is happening, and I think, like, Jerry Judy's values would be skyrocketing because, well, all of a sudden, there's not as much competition there for him. And he's got an alpha. He's got an alpha quarterback. So I think uh, it's his value could certainly be on the rise, and it could certainly just like he could easily not reach his potential in the same breath. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point because Denver—they've been trying for a long time, but eventually they're going to get it right. And 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 they are one of those prime destinations for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So obviously, you know, say Aaron Rodgers goes to goes to Denver, um, you know, I, I think that would only elevate Jerry Judy if he shows really anything this year, honestly. So, yeah. um, Jake, you're number 10. Um, my number 12, I, I, I'm curious where Will would have him. Um, it's, it's the, the guy that was getting so much hype, uh, a lot and still is really, even though he's, he's injured now, Elijah Moore. Yeah. He's, um, he's there mainly because, every outlet I am listening to I'm reading is just telling me that this guy's an alpha, like, and it's getting hard to ignore, right. When there's smoke, there's fire. And at this point, like the entire building's on fire at, like at this rate, um, I get he's injured right now in training camp. And I think Corey Davis actually is more of a threat than people realize. I think Corey Davis is like a legitimately very talented wide receiver. Um, and this is also probably banking on Zach Wilson probably hitting his potential as well. But you have AJ Brown saying, this is the best, like th- he can do stuff that I can't. And I have AJ Brown as my wide receiver one in dynasty. You have Odell Beckham coming out and saying that this guy could be an all pro in his rookie year, that he, he knows stuff at his age that I didn't know at my age. Um, Odell Beckham was dynasty wide receiver one at that, at that point in his career. Um, you have everyone in New York raving about, ranting and raving about him um this guy was commanding snaps on an uh i want to say old miss team um with with aj brown and dk metcalf on it like when he was a soft when he was a freshman sophomore when he was super young like i 
I just think this guy is the real deal. And I feel like if you're, uh, you, it might be smart to capitalize on the buzz just with how high it is. Like you could, you're going to get uh, more than what you paid for him in your rookie draft right now. But I think his potential is like one of the best squad receivers in the league, like Justin Jefferson type rookie season. Um, it's obviously like probably a long shot, but he's, he's legit. You're going to get more than what you paid for. I see what you did there, Jake. Very, very well done. Oh, Thanks. boo. Boo that joke. Very, very unintentional. So, Elijah Moore, for, you know, as I said, I had a number 12. Well, he's, he's a, kind of been a high riser for me. And maybe I've bought into the hype a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't. Because going into this, Will, I, I wasn't a big fan of Elijah Moore going into my rookie drafts because mainly because of his size, honestly, he's five, nine, 178 pounds. And that makes me a little bit nervous. However, he is super fast. Um, he's super talented. He had amazing college production, led FBS with 10.8 catches, and 149.1 receiving yards per game in 2020. So guys that are talented and guys that produce those are really good indicators. Um, we don't we don't know what what kind of quarterback he's playing with in Zach Wilson yet. Um, but uh, Will, where, where are you with Elijah Moore? Are you? Yeah, you're, you're guys. You're guys' worst call. This whole this whole. <laughs> stuff, right? All right, we'll talk talk about it. Why possible. is it a bad call? <clears throat> huh? It could be. It could be a bad call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every preseason hype piece has turned out to be a great thing. I, I feel like that's very very rarely the case. Uh, we're buying too much into the hype for him to be a top 12 wide receiver in ADP next year is, is fascinating. Um, I have reaches on mine and maybe, you know, I, obviously I'm going to have some worse calls. You guys point that out, but, uh, in, in general, uh, let's, uh, maybe, maybe I, I, I'm more of a see it to believe it versus him because of his size and what he can do in the quarterback and that whole off the whole offense and general manager, why would we trust any part of this yet? And especially to put him up this high in your, your 2022 ADP is, is it's just kind of fascinating to me. I, I, I have no trust that this will, this will hit whatsoever. Uh, I would, I would, I would put Terrace Marshall up here before I, before him easily um, and move up that. So I think that putting this much into a rookie coming into a system where, yeah, he, he had great stats and, you know, they had Lane Kiffin coming in his senior year which really helps an offense because he's a very, very great offensive coach overall, in my opinion. And yeah, he saw the field with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, but he, he saw the field more because DK Metcalf was never there in college. He played so few college games. We talk about that all the time. And yeah, maybe he had some big catches where they were on the field, but Ole Miss still wasn't good. It's, it's not like that offense was just humming in what they were doing. So I get that like all that projects to a great, you know, cause target share or yards per catch what he's doing i love i do think elijah moore is very electric and very good at what he does but to put him in the top 12 to me is that that's that's borderline uh crazy crazy like a fox maybe no i'm just kidding uh it it, it could (laughs) be crazy that's more than what i'm willing to do (laughs) oh cut it out my friend yeah, no, I mean, it's pieces like this that, I, and, and you know, the more I think about it, it's probably crazy. I mean, obviously, I'm going to stand by where I've got him. I'm sure Jake will stand by where he has him. But your points, your points aren't wrong about him. I just think that it still makes it crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it is just glowing in terms of his running is precise and his hands are sticky. 
Um, the Jet Scout Alonzo Dotson calls Morris Purdy at Ole Miss one of the best he's ever been to. There's more to love about him than just his raw talent. Ever yeah, since if I'm going to read only complimentary his work ethic, oh, he carries bar, himself, bar. ten year veteran than a pair. You know, anyway, it's like you know he's he 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 is. I mean, he essentially is Jesus Christ on the football field. Okay, let's just be honest. He walks. I mean, on water, yeah, right? he acts like a ten year vet- veteran <laughs> on the field, so he is. He's smarter than everybody. He doesn't want to do all the work because he doesn't need to anymore. No work uh, ethic. His work ethic is unparalleled. He's the first guy in the building, last one out, by all well, accounts. If we're a wide receiver, though, that would worry me. Why can't you get your stuff done <laughs> in normal time? All right, let's let's move on from Elijah Moore. And, and your criticism of of that call, I think, is completely fair. Will I? I mean, it I honestly, I hope you guys are right, though. That's the, but, like, of course, I'll, I'll tell you. Would, I'll tell you. If Elijah Moore, if Elijah Moore booms and is right here, I will only applaud. Here's I'm a not, worse call. I'll tell you a worse call than, than Elijah Moore on the list. It's 11. You're number 11. And you have Rashad Bateman at number 11. That's that's garbage. He's injured. He's not going to play. So I say season. one negative thing about your guys' <laughs> call. That this is where we go. It's kind of what I was hoping for. So uh, let's go. Let, let's hear the hate about Rashad Bateman. What do you guys dislike about him at number 11? Oh, where do I get started? Um well, I mean, I'll I'll boil it down to a couple of points here, and then Jake, if you want to say anything about Bateman, I don't I don't hate Bateman, but I think having him at number eleven is a, is a, a quite rich because number one, he's injured right now; he's not going to play a full year. So even if he comes on as a has a monster season, I mean, he had to he'd have to have a Justin Jefferson like season to I think even get to the top twelve. And number two, he's not exactly in the situation for that, is he? He's no matter how talented he is, he's in Baltimore. And that Baltimore passing game is just not going to be a prolific passing game. Um, I just don't think he's going to get the targets that could elevate him to um, top 12, unless he's uber efficient. So I think he needs to be uber efficient and just have a, a monster last, you know, 14 games or so. Cause I think he's going to miss the first several weeks of the season. Um, yeah. right? If you believe the reports. So that's kind of where I think, not that I think B- Bateman is talented and I'm excited about his future. But I just, I just think it's going to be a slow start for him, unfortunately. So, so I think Rashad Bateman is going to become Lamar Jackson's binky uh, starting later on the season a little bit because obviously he's injured and he's going to have to ramp up. But we're projecting next year's ADP. All he needs to do is have a, a last even eight games. If he really has a great target share for the games that he's playing and what he's doing, he will be bumped up because he is an elite wide receiver prospect uh, He in, on, on all accounts. Uh, and they drafted him in the first round. They need this on that team. And yes, there is a good chance that this completely falls and, and like slaps you right back in the face. But Rashad Bateman is one of the best wide receiver prospects in this class. They scooped him up. Uh, I, I actually, the COVID part of Lamar Jackson does scare me a little bit, but I, this is projecting a later season boom. And you know what that matters for? That matters for 2022 ADP. Jake, where do you have Bateman on your on your list, and what do you think? Do you think there's a you you think he you could see him in the top twelve next year? Um, I could absolutely see him in the top twelve next year. I think similar to Elijah Moore, like he has that kind of ceiling in him. Like Ryan pointed out, there's obvious risks with his current injury. Like he's not getting any training camp uh, training camp reps in with Lamar Jackson, which I do think is it's it's far from ideal. Um, and just the, like the passing game in Baltimore is a little, a little bit to worry about. Um, I think She's many worried. people are worried about Rashad Bateman, um, in a fantasy perspective, right? Um, 
I could easily see, like you said, it turning around and Bateman becoming um, his wide receiver, his wide receiver one, and his kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Biggie. Biggie. Um, what I don't even know what that means. I want to say like scapegoat, but it's like, like it's like his, a pa- his it's number a, one target. It's pass fire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. Like his his number one target in t- in times of duress and et cetera. Like I think uh, Bateman is going to be his go to guy. Um, and I and I fully see that. And like looking at DLF ADP right now, you have Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb and Jamar Chase like already in there. So obviously Justin Jefferson showed that he's like elite, but CD Lamb showed flashes. And really, that's that's really what Bateman needs to do to kind of have anywhere close to that kind of ranking come next year. He just has to show that he can be like or like he will be that that asset to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson has to show that he can make strides as a passer. So you kind of need multiple things to work with Bateman. But, and the, that's the exact same thing with Elijah Moore. We don't know what uh, his back is either. Yeah. So anyway, well, I, I appreciate you putting him on the list because he, he is, he's talented. Um, uh, and, and I wish he wasn't injured right now. Sorry, it's, I'm sorry, Jake, go ahead. Um, we should mention Rondell Moore and Devonta Smith as well. And even uh, you're going to mention Jalen Waddle, but there's other rookies that have similar potential that like they could easily not make that top, like could easily not make that jump, but um, they're probably being drafted in the rookie in rookie drafts with that kind of hope. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think in the Superflex league, all those wide receivers that go like late first, early second round are, are, are pretty exciting. Um, uh, you know, and, and maybe they're a little bit boom bust. I think there's definitely some boom bust to a guy like Jalen Waddle. I think the the same can be said for Rondell Moore in Arizona, but um, you know those those guys those guys could both both really hit, or they could just to- be total bust too. But so there there does definitely some exciting names and some exciting rookie wide receivers. I think it's a really good rookie rookie wide receiver class, guys. So hopefully it'll be as good as um, as we we've had recently. Um, does it just two more names on our list? Uh, Jake, you're number eleven. Um, it's an interesting name. You want to want to talk about him? Yeah, Mr. Uh, Lavisca Chenault. Currently, I should have had this up in DLF. He's being ranked right now as wide receiver thirty-three. So far down, I expect a pretty sizable jump. I think Lavisca Chenault will um, again will create a bit of a gap between him and his wide receiver counterparts on his team. I think I think DJ Chark is closer to a bus territory than being a legitimate talent. And I could be completely wrong with that. We've seen a top 24 season out of him already. Um, I think there's many guys that you see like we'll have only that might be his best season type of thing. And I, that's kind of my projection for Turk. Um, Chanel, like he just seems like an absolute size freak, right? Like he's six one two thirty. Um, I think he's got like 30 pounds on, any, any other wide receiver in that room. Um, Chenault might play a similar role to him, but other than that, I think he's going to become the focal point of that offense. DJ Turk's a UFA, so again, I don't think he's going to do enough to earn being re-signed. I think Will made a good point that they could easily bring in a guy like Chris Godwin, um, and that would that would definitely hurt uh, LaVisca. Like, I wouldn't rank LaVisca Chenault as wide receiver 11 if that was the case, but I'm kind of projecting him to become the alpha like I kind of see uh an AJ Brown in him I don't even want to say AJ Brown light because I feel like I think he could be AJ Brown to a sense he's a 
just that kind of size speed um, freak. I can't think of another way to put it. Um, yeah, Jake, Jake, this is one of your picks in here that I saw. Yeah. And I wish I had the the gall to do it. I absolutely love LaVisca Chenault. We loved I loved him in college. Ryan, we talked about him hit him before a year he came like a year before he was draft eligible and what yeah. he did and how electric he can be and what he can bring to a, a team and what especially he can bring to, like what we're all all we care about is like what he can bring to fantasy. I want like I want this to happen. I want this to I'm fantasy wishing this to happen so so badly because he seems like a great character person uh, and that he has all the athletic all the athletic ability, the size, and the skill to be an absolute alpha dog in everything you want in a fantasy player for your team. He, If he, he was even higher on this list next year and what the actual ADP was, I also wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, I guess I, guess I should say I would be surprised, but I would be so freaking happy about it. Like, it's a, I, I want Chanel to happen so badly. I don't have the gall to like rate him that high versus somebody else just because – I, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I worry about like his injury history, what's going to happen because it's been pretty bad and we need to see some better things out of him, but that can also flip, you know, that, that, that can flip a switch and that can completely change. And if he is completely healthy, I think 11 is, uh, like, like a great place to have him. And if he is completely healthy, that might be too low. I, I think of all the names that we've mentioned tonight, the Chanel is one of the most interesting in terms of a guy you could acquire now in your dynasty league and the like you could see in him because we've named they're all, I mean, they're, they're all pretty valuable. Um, but, but this is one name I think we all agree on. I mean, even, even well, even though you and I don't have him in the top 12, I think we see him sending up the ranks. And even if DJ Chark is, is, is pretty good. Even if he's their wide receiver one, I think Chanel could also be very good as well in that offense. Um, and he's attached to Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think this is a great name to mention because if he's a wide receiver 33, he, he is much cheaper to acquire than, than most of the other names we've, we've named tonight, if not all of them. So I, I think it's a great name. And yeah, if there's anything that gives you a little bit of pause, it might be his, his injury history. So um, yeah, LaVisca is, is a great, great call. I'm glad we brought him up. And it brings us just to one name before we close the show. And, and it's, it's an interesting one. Because he's number eight right now in ADP, and you guys have him at your at twelve. I have, I don't have him in the top twelve, and that's Calvin Ridley, guys. And for ah. me, I'll, I'll say the reason I don't have him, and they're just quickly, um, is, is merely because I'm really worried about that Atlanta Falcons team and that offense, and I I, I just I, I just think that it may be really bad, and all those guys might have down years. Um, so, uh, and it's you know he's getting a little bit older. So we, we joke about Calvin Ridley when he came in the league. He was already super old. So I don't know. Calvin, I, I like him a lot. I still think he'll have a pretty good year. But um, but yeah, what, so what do you guys have him at 12? Why do you guys have him sliding as well in ADP? I, which I think this might be, again, one of our biggest mistakes. Calvin Ridley is the odds-on favorite to lead the league in receiving yards this year in every betting site you can possibly go to. So that might be one of our, like, maybe we should have had him higher and he's going to end up, at least we'll probably be in the range. Ryan not having your top 12 is a disgrace. So just really disappointing. I had to make him for Elijah Moore. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the thing. It's like a Calvin really, I think is going to produce this season. 
what he, like what else can he do to wow us? The thing that we're worried about is he is slight of frame. He does he does kind of get begged up occasionally, whether or not the starters set him and what you're going to do. But he's a producer. He's now the absolute alpha on that team in the receiving game. Uh, I know Kyle Pitts is in there, but he won't be. Kyle Pitts will not be the alpha in the receiving game this season. So we're gonna. I'm gonna bank on Calvin Ridley absolutely like flashing and being incredible this year. And the fact that we have him down here, I think even even with Jake, you and I having him at 12, uh, he he's a guy that I should I probably should have had higher. And I'm sorry for that, but this is I'm gonna stick with my projections. What we're doing. But uh, yeah, his the thing is, this year's production will matter more moving into next season for ADP than what we have accounted for here. Especially you, Ryan, with your with your damn disrespect, no, and keeping him out of the top twelve. No, I mean he was he was going to be you know I, I put those rookie names in just so we could talk about him. I mean, obviously, I I think he he belongs here. And you're, will you make a good point? We're probably way too low on Calvin Ridley because even though he is going to be, I just looked it up. Um, it'll be 27 and a half basically next year yeah even though it'll be 27 and a half still i think that if he if he slips on the list at you know what might be a spot or two because even though atlanta will be bad um vegas betting sites they know what they're doing and and i'm sure he's going to get a ton of targets and have a really productive year so um jake are you rethinking this you think we should have him a little bit higher after after will made those points um, yeah, he, he he obviously should be higher. I don't think I think we're all in agreement about that. Um, he he's just he's just not he's just not fun to talk about on uh, today. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're all looking like like Ryan said. We want to talk about the the rookies. Like I want to talk about Lavisca, the Elijah Moore, Ayuk. Everyone knows about Calvin Ridley, right? Um, and like Will said, like he he you can make an argument that he's a wide receiver one in redraft, right? So. To not say he's a wide receiver one in dynasty a year from now, if he pulls up puts up that kind of numbers, is just like it's pretty asinine, right? So um, I do think that Kyle Pitts is like I think Calvin Ridley was the alpha on that team last year, right? Like I think Kyle Pitts is probably going to have a bigger, a more of a presence than Julio Jones um, will on that team, and I, that might be like far fetched to say, but Kyle Pitts is going to be involved from day one, and it will be a focal point of that offense. Um, and I think that's a benefit to Calvin Ridley because without um, that second guy, um, similar to Julio help, helping AJ Brown, my argument there, I think without him, like he would just be the absolute focal point on the offense. And defenses would would say make anyone else but Calvin Ridley beat us. Like we're not going to get beat by Calvin Ridley today. Where it's going to be a lot harder for defenses to say that when they have Kyle Pitts running all over the field and he's going to need like attention as well, like if not if not two defenders, right? So um, I think that benefits Calvin Ridley. Um, we definitely have him too low, especially because we are projecting DLF ADP, and there without a doubt he will be in the DLF's top twelve. Like we might not rank him top twelve next year because we worry about age, we worry about quarterback fit situation, like all this stuff. Like we we might be a little bit more risk averse than DLF is anyways. Um, but yeah, we are disrespecting Calvin Ridley. Absolutely. by putting him at the wider receiver 12 right now and Ryan, not even putting him on the list. Crazy. I mean, Ryan, especially, right? Like, I mean, at least we got him in there, Jay. So, but, and uh, to piggyback off Ryan's point, sorry, my brain's kind of going all over the place. Um, next year, he's heading into his fifth year option. Um, he's, so he's going to get a big pay jump already, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wants more money. Like he's going to go from 
making three million dollar range to eleven million dollar range, but he's way he's worth way more than that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to want to be paid as a top three wide receiver in the league, if not like the highest paid. I think Devontae Adams is going to take that this year, but and yeah. Atlanta just has no money. So like, are we going to get into a situation next year where he's holding out or he wants that extension? Like, I don't necessarily know what the, what's what are on the tea leaves for him. And like Ryan said, the situation's already kind of uh, sketchy. So yeah, I don't know. I do have some trouble putting him too high up the rankings, especially when we have like elite youth coming up in dynasty who have like a five year age difference on them. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see him climb. I, I think it'd be hard to see him ascend even if he has a, a monster monster season, I guess it's possible because we've seen it before, but um, you know, to go beyond eight with, with all those, you know, younger, you know, also uber productive guys out of them would be, would be interesting. And there's some uncertainty there, but um, okay, guys, let, let's go to the two minute warning. We, we've talked, we've, this has been a long show. We've, we've talked a lot about wide receivers. Any, any final thoughts on the two minute warning, uh, whether about wide receivers or anything else? Yeah. If Cortland, if Cortland Sutton recovers from his injury as well and has a really good season, uh, I think that his profile is going to jump up the boards in ADP. I think it's a really good opportunity. Uh, I, I think that might be it other than get yourself some quadriolison. Get yourself some quarter, Allison. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake, uh, f- final thoughts tonight. I hinted at this on the Patreon show. And hey, just like last episode, if you're not a Patreon, 2 to $4, you get our rankings. You get our extra show. You get a group meet conversation to ask us questions. Absolute no-brainer. So go hit our Patreon. Up. Um, I hinted at it there so I'm going to have a bit of a longer rant about this. But put your dang hearts away. When you're done at a grocery store and if you see the person running, walking by with a row of carts, they don't want one more. They already have the row of carts. Go put your cart back in the dang corral. That's, that's it. That was a, more abbreviated than I thought it would be, Jake. Oh, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot longer when like I have enough time to put my points down on paper. I don't know if you guys have actually heard of, there is a shopping cart etiquette theory where it's pretty much, I will like, I'll find the post and read it out, but it's pretty much just one of the one things in the world where it, there's not like a law that says you have to put it in the thing. It's just kind of a common decency type of thing, whether it is the line, whether you are a good or a bad person, no one's going to make you do it. But if you are a good person, you'll do it. And if not, you might be, you might want to just put it on the curb beside your car or leave it or leave it there without the thought of the worker or like that. Like it's a, uh, I can go on and on, but I feel like everyone should work retail in their life or, kind of um, fast food or some kind of where you're, a, where you're working service. Um, it's very beneficial <laughs> um, for everybody, I feel like, but uh, shopping carts. Oh man, I, I could go on and on and on. And one day I will. The best thing though, is during the winter, leave, when there's a bunch of, a ton of snow on the ground, leave that cart wherever you want, because you know, that's the most fun time. Yeah, he's not, like, the shopping cart person isn't having a bad day too pushing carts in the snow like he can get one more, what, uh, one more cart? my uh, my favorite times were in the snow because i i could hoss like 11 carts in the snow and moving around and it made me feel super strong <laughs> it was it's totally irrelevant to that but like you just had like much more like slippery and then also uh because i was like yeah it was it was worse worse job but uh Moving around a bunch of carts of snow was very entertaining for me, but 
nobody you can't just put an extra cart at the end of a row and don't drive through a dang parking lot like don't drive through spots to try to get to the exit faster yada 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 like i don't need to almost die so you can get somewhere five seconds faster and also back into your dang spots because i don't need to die with everyone backing out i push carts for a living at costco if uh, people didn't get the get the hint whoa 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 back into spots though how am i going to put stuff in my trunk if there's another car up like butted up next to me I mean, you, there's okay. room. Like, just don't back, don't be touching the guy beside behind you. We're, we're guys, we're, we're going off the rails a little bit. Jake, I'm gonna let you continue, but before yeah, I my do, my two minutes is gonna turn into a half hour. I'm just gonna remind you, we're, we're the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Uh, I am at Riddle Librarian. Will is at Fancy Joe underscore Will, and Jake is at Takes with Jake, and he's gonna give you some more takes here in a second. Put your card away. So, um, support us on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Will and Jake, I'm Ryan. We are the Fantasy Joes. Okay, now you can continue, Jake. God, again, I think I need to get my thoughts on paper. Like, really, think. I'm just going to keep, like, ra- yelling at random, like, random thoughts I have. But, I, but yeah, it's a... There's something to be said about these things. Like, the, there's that rule when you go out, you know, to eat with somebody and how they treat your server you can kind of tell a lot about that person I, th- I think that i think these are little things that i hadn't thought about it's so true because i um i am the type of person that i always return my cart to the right place and I, f- I feel guilty if i don't but you're right there's so many people that just are just disrespectful and and, and do disrespectful things all the time and, and yeah some of them might be having a bad day but we should be kind and be considerate of one another and, and there's not enough of that um in today's day and age and, and I don't know if it's because people are so politically polarized and upset about everything, but yeah, let's just be nice to each other for heaven's sake. It's definitely political polarization to why people leave their cards places. Well, maybe that's stretch, but I mean, like seriously, like there's a, why, why do people do it? Like, it's like, there's a, there's a car return for, you know, car return. Why, why would you just leave your car card on the curb? I don't understand why people just don't, are they lazy? Yes. They are. Selfish. They don't care at all. That's all, all of the above. Um, I found the post. I'll, re- I'll read it real quick. Um, the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return that shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize as correct, appropriate thing to do. The return of the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself an apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning a shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning your shopping cart. You will, uh, gain nothing. you will gain nothing by returning it. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do, because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this no matter, no, is no better than an animal, an absolute savage, who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law or the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is good or a bad member of society. Okay, second litmus test. Uh, how do you guys feel about stop signs in like a Costco parking lot? So that as a privately loaned, owned lot and that they put a stop sign there, if there's nobody around, do you feel obligated to stop? If there's nobody there, like you're fine. Like you obviously you're gonna yield. You're gonna make sure there's no pedestrians crossing the street. You're gonna make sure there's no cars. But like, yeah, you don't have to wait for three seconds and then keep going. Yeah, yeah I, I, I find both. those fascinating. 
Yeah, I'll roll through it. I mean, I'll slow down, obviously, and look around. But yeah, we are such we are so tough. So just think, <laughs> yeah. you, you wouldn't oh, yeah. believe the invisibility. Like I feel doing that job compared, like people will will look like directly look at me and then like drive straight at me and then be like, Whoa. and I don't even understand what's going through their brain. Like I can't stop ten carts as fast as like you can just like wait for me to cart. You know what I mean? Like my momentum is harder than your brake. Like. I don't know. Just I hit him. On on. I like I've been, like, it's been I've been there. <laughs> like it's sometimes there's no other option. But you know, like the amount of close calls, like okay, not stopping at a stop sign is fine, but like speeding through the stop sign, probably probably an issue, right? Like maybe you shouldn't be speeding through a parking lot when there's people walking around, like or I don't know. Yeah, and we've lost a good portion of etiquette through COVID. I find it fascinating. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's like, uh, it's, it gets frustrating sometimes. Well, do you at least feel better? Now you got it off your chest? A little bit better, yeah. But oh, I, millions like, of I our will, listeners. I have... might bring it up every episode. All right, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, I think so. And the the backing back into your spots, people like everywhere. Like it is safer for everybody. Like I, so I can't I can't get into that because how do you get your trunk been then to like, load your stuff? I, I don't know where you live, but back. like where like at Target here, if I back in, there's no chance I can get to the trunk to put stuff in. Yeah, and I have, a, I have a backup camera, and I can easily see where I'm going, and if there's anybody in the way. Backing into your spot is for people just trying to show off that they can park. I I I will I prefer to back in in a lot of instances, but yeah, when I'm at Target or Costco or something, I just pull right in because yeah, you're Will's right. You can't open your trunk. I've got the like the van hatchback in the angle up, angle so. angle parking would be the solution to that. Yeah. Sorry, Jake. We're not with you on that one. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue, but. I, I will tell you that every single time there's been a close call in a part in like my parking lot or any parking lot is it's from someone who pulled into a parking spot. It's not from someone who backed in who can fully see where they're like when they're pulling out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get what you're. I understand your argument, but your argument isn't oh it's just as safe or anything like that because like it isn't or not even close, right? So like that obviously isn't an argument. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. We're gonna agree to disagree. Well, or, as long as you guys are watching out when backing up, like it's not that ginormous deal. Or you're only oh, doing it in, like the certain circumstances. You know, you'll need it into your truck. Like that kind of makes sense. And you have a backup camera. I, I'm a, but ninety percent of the time, back in. Yeah. All right. And with that, that's the show. We'll we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> we'll we'll get into tight end rankings. Everyone can't wait. I wonder who uh, our number one's gonna be. You might be surprised. I doubt it. See ya. Good night. Get yourself some Quadri Allison. Slow your line. Well. <laughs> Quadri's coming back. <laughs>